Praise God. Welcome to 2020. Has anybody seen any type of promos or anything for 2020 vision? You've seen that? Makes you think it's a new year, a new decade, right? <laughs> Praise God. I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 29. We are going to talk about vision, but we're going to talk about 2024 vision. That just simply means that uh, you can see at 24 feet what I can see at 20 feet. So Proverbs chapter 20, I don't know if that's a technical truth or not concerning eye doctors or anything like that. I just thought it fits well. You know? If you can see it at 24 feet, I probably have to look at it from 20 feet to see the same thing. So sounds good to me. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. I want to talk to you, uh, share with you this morning on vision. It's a very important topic. It's important that we all have vision. It's, it's uh, it, vision from God. Vision does come from God. And when we have vision from God, it helps us to stay focused. It keeps us uh, restrained, as it tells us in Proverbs 29, 18. In the New King James, is where there's no revelation, which could be interpreted their vision. The people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Then the New American Standard Bible reads, has it written like that, where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. So vision, to contemplate with pleasure the things of the future. Some of the ways I like to define vision is contemplating with pleasure the things of the future. And so asking yourself, what, what is it that you're experiencing when you look into the future, when you looked at to the end of 2020 or the end of 2021 or five years down the road, 10 years down the road, what are you envisioning? And is that a good thing? Is it a pleasurable thing? Or is it something to be dreaded or something that you're really not looking forward to it? Or some of you may be thinking, well, I'm absolutely Clueless, I have no idea what I see five years down the road. I'm not even sure what the rest of the day looks like. But nonetheless, a vision is for us, and it does come from God. Vision, to me, is the ability to see what God has in mind for you, as well as others. And along with that ability to see what God has in mind for you comes the courage. Everyone say courage. You have the courage to believe that what you see what you are seeing can, and by God's grace, will become reality. Because I don't believe for one moment that God gives us a glimpse of the future. I don't believe that God gives us vision from heaven, allows us to see things in the future only to frustrate us, thinking, well, that's what, that's what you're seeing, but I just want you to know, uh, by the way, that you, you, you'll never attain that. You'll never reach that. That will never be accomplished in your life. Well, there are some visions that won't be completely fulfilled in our lifetime. I believe vision from heaven should go beyond our lifetime. But nonetheless, there's much from heaven concerning your life. The dreams and desires that, that God has given you are for a purpose. And that, that, that is to keep you restrained, to keep you focused, to keep you on the path to become everything that God has created you to become and has envisioned for you to become. When we don't have vision or we're, we're ignorant of our vision, we're, not, we're, we're blinded to it, we, we limit our potential. We end up living within the boundaries of our own vision, our own, what we can see with our natural eyes. And when we live within the boundaries of our, of our, uh, our, our natural sight, you know, we really confine 
We really restrict ourselves to what we will accomplish. So we, have, we want to learn to look beyond what we are seeing with our natural eyes. And when we're talking about vision, we're talking about vision from heaven. God has given you the ability to see. He's given you the ability to dream dreams. In the book of Acts, it says that in the last days, uh, that uh, the young people are going to see visions and old men are going to dream dreams. I'm happy to announce to you that I'm still having vision. <laughs> I haven't entered the dream stage yet. And so as far as I'm concerned, I'll just keep putting off the dream stage because I'm gonna, I, I like vision much better than dreaming. So young people are going to continue to have vision. Old people are going to dream dreams. So dream on. So recognize that there's something, be, there's something for you beyond what you see with your natural eyes. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about vision from heaven. And without vision from heaven, we confine our thinking to the limitations of what we have experienced in life. We limit ourselves to what, what, we, what, what we know, what we have known, and, and, and what is, and, and we just refuse to go beyond our life experiences. You know, as we allow the seasons of the past, we allow the, whatever happened in the past, or the past in general, we allow it to define us for our future, and we don't ever want to do that. We should not define our future by a season of our past or a moment of our past. Whether that, that may have been something that was not very pleasant, may have been a dark time in your life, well, that's, you know, that, that's the past. The Apostle Paul speaks a lot about that in Philippians chapter 3, about reaching forward, pressing ahead, forgetting those things. And you reach forward and you press ahead by forgetting those things that are behind you. There's a reason your windshield is 100 times larger than your rearview mirror. Think about that. Most of your time should be spent looking forward. Very little time looking into the rearview mirror. And no, that's not a makeup mirror while you're going down the highway either. <laughs> you should primarily be looking through the windshield. You should be observing what's ahead of you and anticipating what's out there in front of you. Spiritually, Spend most of your time looking forward. Don't spend most of your time looking back. You'll get yourself in trouble. Your vision from heaven bridges the gap between what is your current reality. It bridges the gap between your current reality and to what could be your desired reality. Vision bridges that gap. I know there's a reality that you are experiencing this very moment. You woke up to a current reality. You are experiencing life as you are experiencing it today, but it doesn't have to remain the way it is right now. The current reality does not have to be how it is tomorrow. It doesn't have to be this way next year. It doesn't have to be this way five years from now or 10 years from now. There's vision from heaven, and, and it, it helps you to be restrained, meaning you, you, keep, you, you remain disciplined, you remain focused to become and, and to strive and to walk into what God has in store for you. So vision from heaven invites you to imagine. Imagine. Just think about that word for a while. When's the last time you spent any time imagining? I imagine. I'm trying to dream what would it be like, and then you fill in the blanks. What would it be like? It invites us to imagine the future in a way that demands change in the present moment. 
You know, it's real easy to take some time and say, okay, I can imagine being much healthier. I can imagine being friendlier. I can imagine being kinder. I can imagine being unbiased. I can imagine, and then you fill in the blanks. And that's good that you can imagine that. But now that you have imagined it, now it demands attitudinal changes. It demands heart changes. It demands change of thought. It demands change of habit in order to become that thing that you are imagining. It's not good enough just to imagine it and then not embrace change. In the book of Isaiah, when the prophet Isaiah saw the Lord, he had a vision of the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. The first thing that happened that occurred was heart change in in the prophet. First he said, oh, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. By the time he was finished with that vision and the Lord was speaking to him in that vision, by the time that vision was done, was coming to that, that uh, special revelation was coming to a close, Isaiah went from woe is me to here am I. Here am I. Send me. I'll go. And that's what vision should be doing in our lives. We take a moment and, and, and we concentrate, we meditate on the scriptures, we, 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 we worship the Lord our God, we spend time, our, our meditation time, prayer, and however you do that, you know, we all have different ways that, we, that we're most comfortable doing that, but spend some time just contemplating the goodness of God and the greatness of God and the, the gifts and the callings that God has given you, and and the good things that he has already done for you, and you put it all in perspective, and then you think, okay, what what, what will life look like at the end of 2020? What is life going to look like at the end of 2025? What will it look like in 2030? And you begin to get pictures of what it could look like or what you're hoping it will look like. And then when you get that image, that vision of what it's going, what you think it would be like, what you think God might be working and stirring in you, then the work begins. Everyone say the work begins. The work, the transformational work needs to, the process needs to take place in us in order for what we have been imagining, what we have been visioning, visioneering, we're seeing it, we're creating it, we're, we're thinking about it and say, yes, I believe that I could become this person. I believe that God could, could use me in this particular arena of life. I believe I would be a really, really good teacher for children. I believe I would be a great doctor, a great engineer, a great whatever. You fill in the blanks. And you have that vision from God of what you believe that you could be and by God's grace will be, allow the work of the Holy Spirit to take place in you. What you are envisioning, what are you envisioning, and what change is being demanded of you even as you're hearing me speak. You say, well, I, you know, yeah, I've been thinking about vision. I've been thinking about the New Year's resolutions. And yeah, I, 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 I see myself healthier. I see myself doing this or, or doing that, but what needs to change? What habit patterns do I need to change? What heart attitudes do I really need to work on? And, and where do I need to get that fruit of the Spirit called self-control? Where do, I, where do I really need to apply that? Oh, I have the answer. I have the answer. Where do I need to apply self-control? I have it for every one of you. 
because I spent a lot of time praying and fasting this week and asked God, where does the church need to have self-control? And the answer came to me, everywhere, <laughs> in every area, <laughs> in our thoughts, in our vocabulary, in our heart attitudes. But you know what the Holy Spirit is prompting you in, and you know where he's working on you at. And so my encouragement to you comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 from the Message Bible concerning your vision concerning what you are envisioning and concerning what change that is demanding of you and your commitment to that. In Romans 12, 1 and 2 from the Message Bible, it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. I like that. Change from the inside out. Readily, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly, quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. So as you're thinking about vision, what God has given you, the things that you're dreaming, the things that you're aspiring and, and reaching for and, and pressing toward, recognizing that if I'm going to, if I'm going to reach the goal, if I'm going to press in and I'm going to become what I'm, what I envision becoming, then I am going to allow the Holy Spirit to prompt me and I am going to readily submit to his prompting because when the Holy Spirit is prompting you and nudging you, there is a grace, a supernatural empowerment from God to help you and to assist you in making that heart attitude change and, 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 and changing your vocabulary, changing your thoughts, and, and, and habit patterns and, and all the other things that God is speaking to you about and you can become exactly what God has called you to become. That's the vision and the dream that you have. Generally, in general, I mentioned it when I was receiving the offering, in general, we all have a calling and we should all have a vision for the world. We're all called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That does not mean we're all going to travel all over the world like a Christopher alum does, but we get behind a Christopher alum and we support him and we pray for him. But you are going into all your world, your spheres of influence, your community, your schools, your places of employment. And so we are going into all the world. So that's a general, you say, what's my commission? What's the vision that God has for me? Well, in general, the whole world. Specifically, what does God have in store for you? Well, you may be a kindergarten teacher, and that's your world, that classroom. You may be a source of love and light that those children would never be exposed to if you're not there. 
Whatever your place of employment may be, wherever God graces you, your office, your place of employment, you are there. You are there not only as the doctor, not only there as an engineer, not only there as, as, as a carpenter or a plumber or a truck driver or, or a nurse or whatever your vocation may be. You're not only there as that, you're there as a light to a lost and dying world. That's just, an, that's just giving you an, an avenue to, to express and to let the light of God shine in your world. My particular world happens to be having been called into the ministry. I had visions of, of being an electrical contractor. I had been working as an electrician and had, had dreams of having my own electrical business. And at the same time, I had gotten passionate about the good things of the Lord and been filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, I found myself envisioning, seeing myself pastoring. I thought, that is the craziest thing. I don't get before people. I don't speak before people. I'm Dutchified. I've been laughed at and shamed of being Dutchified when I was in school, getting before the class and having to read some things and do some things. One time, I had to do something with math and it's a whole bunch of zeros. And I'm up there, and I'm going, zero, 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 zero. And the class is just erupting. I was bullied. And I'm a middle child. <laughs> bullied and a middle child. Imagine that. <laughs> and God has the audacity to call me into the ministry. But he did, and I began having visions of it, even though I would fight it, I would, uh, I would kind of just push back on it, but yet I knew that I knew that it was a, a calling of God. And, and through that whole process of be, uh, being called into the ministry, going to Bible school, and there's, there's several verses that uh, just jumped out at me over the, over the years. And uh, the, the name Grace Church, originally it was Grace Fellowship Church, but that came out of the, one of my favorite verses where Ephesians uh, 2.8, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. And then also in Acts chapter 20, and we say Acts 20, 24. Acts 20, 24, say it again. So that was not a typo when you got the idea, when you, when you saw the message title, Vision 2024. Acts 20, 24, in my Bible, if you were to see my Bible up close, I've written right above it here, my life purpose. That's been in my Bible for a long time. The Bible before this one had it in as well. And so somewhere early on in my walk with God, I heard someone teaching that, you know, you have a life, you, you probably have a life verse that really speaks to your purpose in life. So sometime after my calling, I, I was reading that, and I thought, that's it, that's my life purpose, Acts 20, 24. And in there, the Apostle Paul, he's, he's closing out a meeting that he's having with the elders, the, the Ephesian elders and, 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 uh, at, at Ephesus. They're from Miletus, and, and, but they're at Ephesus. They're having a, a leadership meeting, and, and he's kind of signing off with them. And in verse 24 of Acts chapter 20, he says, none of these things move me. He's talking about how he's bound to go to Jerusalem, and he's talking about the, the, the vision and the passion that he has to preach the gospel. And, and he knows that uh, the only thing he knows for sure is that the Holy Spirit testified that in every city there's going to be chains, there's going to be imprisonments, there's going to be tribulations awaiting him. But in ver verse 24, he said, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself that I might finish my race with joy 
and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So that's been my life verse, my life purpose. People say, what's, what's, what do you anchor? What you're doing? How do you stay steadfast in it? Well, that verse right there answers all those questions. How do you stay steadfast in it? How, how do you stick with it? How do you have that stick to itness to do what God has called you to do? Because certainly there's been one or two or three or four or 12 or 20 or 50 or 100 or maybe 10,000 reasons to quit. But there's a stick to itness because I say, Paul, so Paul said here, I don't count any of these things, dear, I don't, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. If you're going to reach your goals that God has called you to, you need to be selfless. If you want to fulfill the vision that God has given you, you want to be selfless. I do not count my life dear to myself. If you never had any occasion at all to, to experience what it means not to be selfish, is a, marriage is probably the first root awakening for young men and women. That's when you find out that life is not all about you. And then if you make that long enough and you start bringing children into the world, now you really find out that life is not all about you. <laughs> And there's just all these processes continue to take place. And it seems like the older you get and the more you're walking with God, the more things that come, the more responsibilities come into your life to remind you that this is not all about me. Matter of fact, it's not about me, period. <laughs> Everything's about everyone else. Has any, any parent ever felt like that? <laughs> the rest of you don't want to admit it in front of your children. That's all right. <laughs> your children know you feel like that. <laughs> So anyway, the Apostle Paul said, I don't count my life dear to myself that I might finish the race that is set before me. And so I would always go to that particular verse. People say, how, how do you continue on for a decade? How do you go two decades? How do you go three decades of doing this? And how are you approaching four decades of doing this? It's like, I don't count my life dear to myself that I might finish the race that is set with joy, finish the race that is set before me with joy. Everyone say, with joy. So there's joy in fulfilling your vision and, and, and staying obedient to God and, and walking after the steps that he has called you to do. But what I wanted to communicate with you today is that in, in staying with it, the Apostle Paul said, I, I'm, I'm going to run the race that I might finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So that's been my mainstay is I know that I'm called to testify to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where the name Grace Church comes from. That's where the series come from every year, you know, transforming grace or, or whatever, experience grace, or that's where grace comes in at the, the various different messages that are being taught. It really doesn't matter what's being taught. Somewhere the grace of God is going to be manifested in that particular series, and you're going to keep hearing, oh, I'm going to hear about grace again. Well, yeah, you're at grace, and it's a dispensation of the grace of God, and I've been called to testify to the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why there's been such a strong emphasis on the grace of God, and, and to me it's been a real mainstay in my life. And my in, in calling and the vision that God has given me. What I want to communicate to you today is that Acts 20, 24 became a different revelation last year. In, in the, it was November or December of 2018. Nancy and I were on sabbatical in November and December, then right before 2019. Then 2019, if you'll look back over, if you follow what What's been happening at Grace Church? It's been a, it's been, been a year of, of uh, rebranding. 
We called it a year of rebranding. So we renovated the lobby was the most recent thing. We put a new road sign, a new logo, new website, and changed the name of the church. And those rebranding things are things that are important to do to, you know, to stay current and to, and, and to stay fresh and so forth. But it, basically, overall, it's been a year of rebranding, but not just a year of rebranding with things that, with tangible things. There's many intangible things are occurring simultaneously in the vision and the timeline that God has for Grace Church. And in that, in that sabbatical time, one of my morning devotions, I was reading Acts 2024, 20, and it, it just it, it, it came across quite different. Prior to last fall reading that, I would have always just said, yeah, that's my life verses. I don't count my life dear to myself that I could run the race, run the race that is set before me with joy proclaiming the gospel of grace. I would have said something along those lines, but in, in the, uh, back during sabbatical, the word finish, I want to say finish. The word finish just leapt off the page at me. He said that I don't count my life dear to myself that I might finish my race. And we had been talking, I say we, Nancy and I, have been off to the board of trustees have been in on this, and we've been discussing for the last several years and coming up with a succession plan for Grace Church. And I... Uh, I've been convincing myself that I'm not going to be emotional today. <laughs> but it's a good thing. God has good things in store for us. And when that leapt off the page as the Holy Spirit bore witness that, because this is one of the years that we kind of contemplated, 2024 will be 40 years of pastoring Grace Church. I pioneered the church in 1984. So if you say, why does he look tired? <laughs> why is he grumpy? <laughs> I'm not tired and I'm not grumpy. I just look tired and grumpy, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm very happy. So that leapt off the page that morning and the Holy Spirit just bore witness with me. There's a couple occasions when Nancy and I would talk about it and we'd be praying about it and, and We'd say 40 years, is a, 40 years is a good run. I think after 40 years, we should pass the baton on to the next pastor. And I didn't want to hear that. Well, what would I do? What would I do? I still don't know what I would do or will do. But I have a vision. And we say vision. vision. I envision 2024 as the year of transition to the next senior pastor of Grace Church. That's the vision. That's four years. It'll be four, my, four and a half years. That makes everyone feel better, right? <laughs> it was the last Sunday of June, 1984. So I have to go to the last Sunday of June of 2024 of uh, transitioning out of being the lead pastor of Grace Church. So the reason I wanted to communicate that to you today, I wanted to play, I've been toying around with the idea, how do we communicate it and how do you say it? And then I started seeing back in, you know, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, especially in the, in the realm of ministry, all the different 2020 this and 2020 vision, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, how many 2020s can you get? I, I, I had a conversation with Nathan and said, how about we do vision 2024? 2024, and that ties in with my giftings. I've always been a big, my, 
one of my primary giftings, you know, other than teaching the Bible, is my, my leadership style is big picture. I, I see the big picture, and then I depend on other people to fill in the details and, and, and to help make it happen. So I'm, I'm really a big picture person. So how the whole, this whole thing's going to unfold, we're not sure yet. Uh, a succession plan has been worked on over the last two years, and, and, and from an administrative standpoint, things are in place. But what I wanted to communicate with you today in the spirit of love and in the spirit of grace is, is for you to know it's been a great honor and a great joy. I have great anticipation for the next several years. And it may not be 2024. It may be 2026. It may be 2027. It may be 2023. I don't think it would be 2023 because we don't have the person yet. And so that's the prayer point today. I'm going, to invite you to, I'm going to invite you to pray. And Daniel, if you could come up. I asked Daniel. Daniel's my prayer partner. Daniel and I pray together most Saturdays at 11 o'clock. We get together to pray. We pray for the Sunday morning service. And we also pray for, for the church family at Grace. And so I appreciate Daniel's heart. He's a man of, of great trust and confidence and great faith in God. And when, uh, when Daniel prays, I, I, I always have a... I know he hears everyone, but when Daniel and I get together to pray, I, my confidence and my trust is just at, a, at a higher level. And so I've asked Daniel to, to lead us in a prayer, but what I want to invite you into today, here's what's happening, is that 2024 is a target date. It's, it seems to make sense, 40 years of ministry, pass the baton on to the next leader. We don't know, I don't know, we as a church, we don't know who that next leader is. Someone from within the church, someone within my spheres of ministerial, ministerium influences that I have, I, I don't know. I have absolutely no clue. And the reason I, we can't say a hard June 2024 is our prayers are dependent on the obedience of who the successor is going to be. Is that person hearing? And if that person is hearing, are they obeying or are they saying, no way, <laughs> no way, no way? You know, so, it's, so the person that we're believing is going to be the successor also needs to hear from God and needs to be obedient to the call of God. So that, that could play with the timing issue, whether it be a year one way or the other. We don't know. So, but that's what we want you to pray. And I'm inviting you not just to hear and receive Daniel's prayer today, but this is something I want you to incorporate into your prayer time, when you, when you are praying, when you have your devotional time, just lift up Grace Church and lift up the, the season of transition. All the, all the rebranding that's taking place and keeping things up to date and so forth, that's, you know, my, my goal always has been that we're not just a bunch of white-haired people and then try to bring in some 30-year-old pastor and he's going to say, no, I don't want that church. You know, we need to be vibrant and we need to be, we, we need to be doing what God wants us to do so we want to stay current. So I'm inviting you to join us in prayer as we initiate the process, we, to initiate the process of, of discerning. Here's what we're praying. We're initiating the process right now in the realm of the Spirit, initiating the process of discerning God's will for Grace Church and who the next senior pastor, lead pastor will be. Prayerfully agree and then my prayer request specifically is that we would know by the end of 2021, excuse me, by the end of 2020, who the successor will be. 
It's just I have it in my heart, my mind. I'd really like to know who this person is going to be by the end of this year. I, I think that's fair to ask God for that because, you know, we're going to turn this thing over and, and we want to make sure it's turned over into good hands. And it's a very critical transition. The first transition of a, of, of a local church, of the founding pastor, that first transition to the next pastor is, is a critical one for the success of the church. And so we want to make sure that, that we hear from God, that this person hears from God, and it's going to be a person that we're all going to love, we're all going to honor, we're all going to respect, and it's, it's just going to be dynamic and expect grace to go on even stronger and better than ever before. Is that fair? Yeah. So there you have it. Vision 2024. Acts 2024. 20, Read that scripture and then pray for Grace Church. And Daniel, if you lead us... This morning, in a prayer in, in that area that uh, as we initiate the process of discerning, we're discerning God's will and that we would have a, a knowing who this person is by the end of this year. Amen. Amen. Aren't you so blessed to have an awesome pastor? Pastor, we love you. Amen. It's been probably over 10, 11 years since we started praying every Saturday. And ever since I connected with Pastor Ray, um, it's impacted my life so much. Um, I've become a better person. Um, he's become my father, my mentor, and uh, I respect him so much. I wrote some few things here because I also don't, didn't want to be emotional. <laughs> and I, wanna, I don't want to lose my thought of trend here. Um, but it's our prayer that uh, God will continue to grant you supernatural strength. Amen. To be able to finish the race and, the, and to complete the task that he has set before you. Amen. That is to preach the gospel. And we also pray that God will continue to open your eyes to see the next Joshua and the next Timothy that will take on the mantle and run with the church. Amen. Amen. So we are going to pray as Pastor Ray requested for this succession plan. Amen. Shall we all be on our feet maybe as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we thank you and we bless you, God. We thank you for our pastor, Pastor Ray and Nancy. We thank you, God, even for 36 years of ministry. We thank you, Father, for how far you have brought him, O God, and for the journey that you are continuing to even take him on, O God. Father, even as we have come to this point in this ministry and his life, oh God, we pray for grace, supernatural strength, oh God, to finish the race. To finish the race, oh God, even with glory, with honor. We pray that, Father, oh God, that your oil will continue to flow from the crown of his head even to the sole of his feet, God. We pray, Father, for good health. We pray for strength, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask, O oh God, that Lord, even as he continues to age uh, physically, 
Lord, so shall be his strength, O God. Mm -hmm. Even as he continues to age, his strength will increase in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for this succession plan, God. We ask, O God, that by the end of this year, O God, you will open Pastor Ray's eyes to see who the next Joshua is, who the next Timothy is. We pray in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, you will grant this heart desire. And we also pray, O oh God, even for Grace Church, uh, that the church will embrace the, the new Joshua and the new Timothy, God. We pray that, Lord God, as a church, we will grow together. And that, Father, we commit the future into your hands, O oh God. That, mm -hmm. Lord, the future is bright. Grace Church is increasing, O oh God, numerically. Thank Grace you, Church Jesus. is increasing financially. We thank you, God, that even the... Uh, the mortgage on this facility is paid off in the name of mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, that even the uh, activities that are even organizing this church, oh God, is reaching backs and beyond in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, that this is place has become like Mount Zion, oh God. Father, where deliverance is taking place, where healing is taking place, where lives are being changed and transformed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, oh God, that many, oh God, are calling this place their church home, oh God. And we thank you, God, that this place daily is being filled to capacity, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, we are going into the next phase so God, of what you have designed, even before the foundations of this world, even for this church, God, that this church will grow, this church, oh God, will become vibrant, this church, oh God, will impact, will impact reading. And beyond, oh God, we thank you, oh God, and we, we take Shillington, we take Westlaw, we take uh, Wyoming, we take uh, the downtown Reading. Father, we take even uh, uh, the beyond the, the, the corners, the four corners of Berks, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that the, 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 the gospel is being preached thank you, Jesus. from this place, of God. Mm -hmm. And Father, you, Father, we are also reaching globally. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we, we give you praise. We give you glory, O oh God. We thank you, God, that you are in this succession plan. We thank you, God, that uh, you are opening our pastor's eyes. We thank you, God, that you are touching his heart to God. And, Lord, you are leading him every step of the way in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you that we have a church that supports Pastor Ray, and that is also traveling and moving in the same direction with Pastor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the saints of God shall say, Amen. 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 <clears throat> Thank you. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Love you. Have an awesome day. Remember, you have a vision. You have a vision. Allow that allow the tension of what your current reality is and the vision of what your ideal reality would be. It's a tension. But vision will bridge that gap for you. So this is what it is today, and by God's grace, it will be this. I will. I will.
overcome. I will walk in the fruit of the Spirit. I will walk in love. I will get my mind in, under control, my thoughts and so forth, and my health, and I'm going to reach my financial goals. I'm going to reach, I'm going to reach and do the things that God wants me to do. I'm, I'm, I, I have the victory over any kind of bias or prejudice. I have it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I want to just encourage you. So there's transition taking place. You might find it happen. You say, well, Jesus, a lot of stuff changing at Grace, and it keeps happening faster and faster. That's not just a Grace Church thing. The church, universal. With the modern technology, the current culture that we're living in, things are happening. They're spinning so fast. They're, they're happening so fast, not only in church world, but in the world as a whole. But the church is caught up in that, the, the culture, the, 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 just the inventions and creations and, and things taking place. But the, 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 the speed of which change is taking place in our culture as a church there's a great mandate upon us to get ahead of the curve and, 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 and to be the lead and, and to speak life into the culture issues that we're facing and, and to be a, a solid foundation from the word of God and that we, 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 we get ahead of it, that they're not, not, not just always responding, but we're ahead of it. We're, our minds are renewed. We're hearing from heaven and we're ahead of it. We can do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't be looking to government and looking to other sources to fix things. We need to be looking to heaven and believe God. And that begins with us. I need to love. I need to be free of prejudice. I need to be free of bias. I need to be speaking life. We need to start doing it. And so, but there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our culture. And that puts a you know, the, the mandate's on us. We are the church. Jesus said he built the church. The gates of hell would not prevail against it. So we win. Amen. Amen. Love you. I'm getting into part two. But I know you guys, I think there's a game this afternoon you all want to watch. So, um, <laughs> or is it all over? I forget. Is the season over? <laughs> no, it's not over. <laughs> Mine's been over. I'm resting. <laughs> God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, someone will meet you up here and pray with you. We love you. Grab a cup of coffee and say hello to someone. Thank you, Daniel.